Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Opinionated Stance Podcast. It is episode 19. Thank you for joining us today. Please do me a huge favor if you haven't done so. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have any comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. We always love to hear the feedback. You know, you can send us a fax or a beeper message. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll get it all figured out. So today we have a treat for you. My guest for the podcast is a creative dynamo, an inspiring force in the music space here in Chicago. Uh, we get the opportunity to talk to uh, to talk about the creative process and how to build a career in the music space with our guest Marty Miners. Uh, Marty is a songwriter, a composer who has worked on many of the most prolific songs and songwriting that you've heard of the 21st Man, you're century. You're selling it. Hard sell. Uh, hard sell right there. Welcome, Marty. Uh, without me bastardizing what you've done, <laughs> why don't you please uh, tell everybody a little bit about your background before we dive into this, uh, this magical talk about the music space? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me, Patrick. Love to. Thanks for being here. Hey. No problem. Uh, well, my name is Marty Miners, and I'm a composer and sound designer based here in Chicago. Um, I've been doing freelance audio since I graduated college like six years ago or so. Um, and I've worked on everything from short documentaries to feature-length independent films, audio books, indie games, Hollywood movie trailers, music for TV, uh, and really any, anybody that will pay me to, to work on audio, I will work with that person. Um, personal life. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised in a small town in Wisconsin. Ah, Canada. Yeah, basically Canada. Um, been in Chicago pretty much for the past 10 years, spent a year in Nashville, um, in that time, but, uh, I live across the street from a grocery store, which is pretty sweet, uh, with my wife, Angie and my dog, Boba Fetch. Uh, I like Boba Fetch. Boba Fetch. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a good boy. <laughs> Sit. Yeah. Um, he hunts all the bounty. All the bounty. Okay. You have no idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, like music, and uh, movies, and books, and normal people things. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's a good start. So, first off, you said you like music. So, when yeah. did you know that um, music was something that you wanted to pursue? Like. Did you start going in in high school or middle school right. or even elementary school, starting to play like the trumpet in the band, or was it something else? Or how did uh, how did it organically? <laughs> it was the happen? trombone, it actually. Was trombone. Yeah, yeah, trombone in fifth grade, which I hated. Um, so then, in like I don't know, seventh or eighth grade, I started playing the bass, um, the bass of guitars, the bass of guitars, slapping the bass, right? Okay. Um, and then yeah, I was in bands in high school, like everybody else that you know played shitty music in high school. Um, a lot of Green Day. <laughs> Blink-182 actually okay, was, so, our, was so. our vintage. Yeah. Um, and then I came down to Chicago, got a degree in video games, or game design, I should say, the official title. Um, and from there, I just kind of, right out of school, I landed a freelance gig working on, um, like, mini animated webisodes for zombie toys. Okay. And then I just kind of kept falling into doing more music stuff and more audio work, which is great because it's what I love to do, you know? Yeah, it was like you developed this early on passion and, you know, everybody picks up that, the guitar, or attempts right. to pick up the guitar in that those formative years. Those and formative years. Get the chicks, you know? The glory days, yeah. Yeah, and the bass players, you know, it's tough to get, you know, uh, 
that those accolades there. But I mean, it's definitely like that's so what you got your root started. In. Right. It's just playing and it's learning and it's like, so you're self-taught, obviously, right? Yeah. And I uh, to this day, I know very little music theory um, and I don't I don't get it. Um, so yeah, everything that I do is all just, you know, hunting and pecking and trying to find notes on a keyboard that sound good and trying to just write stuff that, uh, it might not make musical sense, but it sounds good to me. Right. So. And it sounds good to other people too. Right. Um, and that's, that's the kicker, I guess. That's the key. <laughs> that's yeah. The key thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like other people like it. They don't turn it off automatically, you know? Right. Um, that's really cool. So like I ha- come from the same background. It's like, I started playing uh, guitar when I was in, gosh, I think I got my first one in the sixth grade. Couldn't play a lick of it, could barely right. string it, could barely tune it. And then, you know, all, had guitars off and on all of the way through present day, I guess, as I'm looking at several <laughs> of them. As they're hanging on the wall. As yeah. they're hanging on the, the magical uh, magical wall right there. Yeah. But, like, I, I agree with you. Most people taking come up from that self-taught kind of realm, that not the non-classical, the non-traditional. I don't know a bunch of music theory, but it doesn't yeah. stifle me from... Um, pursuing different things and trying to take and create stuff in the music space. So the question that I have for you is um, like, what is your creative process? Like what does, like, how do you start? Like, how do you begin a project? Like, where do you start? Like, what is like the earliest, like when you're sitting there looking at, like if you're a writer and you're looking at a computer and you're looking at word and that flat blinking cursor or you're you're a (laughs) musician looking at pro tools and you see okay there's 18 tracks i have got to make a song or something like that. what does your process look like how does that begin how does that yeah and i guess it's it's different from project to project right like um usually what i like to do you know if i have a client that needs music for a video game or or you know a, a movie or whatever I always start with a lot of pre-production. Like I, I love lists and writing everything down and making sure that, you know, if I have to write music to three scenes in a movie, okay, what music does the director like, like from other movies that would fit those scenes? You know what I mean? Like getting all of the, all of the comparable music and all the stuff. So I always start like just asking for what do you like? What do you, what are you hearing in your head before you, you know, hired me or whatever. Right. Um, but then there are also like music that I write for vice and MTV and stuff is just that stuff that I just write it and I submit it and I hope that they like it. So my process for that is basically just like sit down and start, you know, like got a blank page in front of you, just figure something out, you know, just start noodling with a guitar, start, you know, playing piano and just hunt for something that kind of inspires the song. Um, so it's really free form. You don't have any like kind of metrics or like parameters when you're starting to do this. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't need to crank out, you know, a 30 second jingle for like Cocoa Krispies right now. Right. <laughs> right. Like that. It's yeah. Com- unless it's, Cocoa Krispies hires me for to, to do 30s, that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if I get hired to do a, a very specific thing, then I analyze that thing specifically until I know, you know, what they want, what products or what movies are like the movie that I'm working on? What did they do well? What did they not do? You know, like I'm a huge, huge believer in in pre-production. And just the more time you put into a creative endeavor before you start, right. the smoother the creative process is going to go. You know, like if you don't have to think about 
you know, what, what note comes next or whatever. Um, that doesn't, that's not a good example because I don't know music theory at all. So that, well, I, I think it's like, if you don't have to think about, uh, what the next like movement is or right. Yeah. Like you kind of just like, it's uh, natural. Like, Oh, you yeah. know that if I have to take and make a decision, you already know like what, um, what kind of like things someone's looking for in that yeah. matter, because you've done research. It's like, Oh, they want to take in here a instead of B. So it might right. give them something more like that. Um, yeah. when coming to those decision points. So. Yeah. And it's a lot of just, um, for me, at least creativity is always like, you know, it's like connecting the dots, right? Like you have somebody's hiring you to do a thing, you know, other products or other films or other games that are like that, that they're inspired by. So then you kind of just connect the dots of, of all of the inspirations for that project and all of the music that goes behind those inspirations for that project. You know, it's right. a lot of just connecting dots and, um, and yeah, I, I tend to feel my way through it, but I do the pre-production beforehand. So I know roughly where I'm going. Right. You, you have some I mean? sort of blueprint for it, right. but it's like, okay, yeah, you may be making like, pottery like for an example like you may right. be making a bowl but you don't know how big the bowl is right yeah if it's a green bowl or a red bowl like you don't know those things always like, red bowls okay always if red you bowls. make green bowls you're a monster okay i, I like it i yeah. like it so that that's interesting like i've from times that i've like worked on i have been working on an ep for a very long time um and that's the, the notion of trying to figure out do you work on a project to completion in terms of like, I need to do an EP. I got to get four tracks out. Or do you take in, is it more of a continuous stream of consciousness where you challenge yourself to work on a daily basis where it's like, I'm going to try to be creative today, get something out. Then I'll try to be creative tomorrow and know that you're trying to continually improve on it versus trying to get a final product out the door. Yeah. And I guess usually like I like to juggle contracts and have deadlines overlapping so i'm never stagnant working on one thing sure you sure. know um but for me the hardest the hardest stuff to do is just like writing music for myself you know what right. i mean or like working on something for me like i i work way better when i have someone telling me what to do and like what they want or like giving me feedback on things like if i sat down I'm like all right i'm gonna write an ep it would right. take me forever just to figure out, just to sit there and be like, okay, this is when you're trying to express an idea that is yours or like trying to, you know, tell your story. I feel like that's a lot harder than like, oh, I'm going to write some sad music for this sad movie. You know right. what I mean? Like the, it's a lot more, um, it's personal and that's why right. it's really hard to like, cause like at the end of the day, I think we're all a little bit, um, anybody that does a creative stuff, even if you're the best if you're Paul McCartney, there's skepticism around criticism, right? Right. You want to make sure that you're putting the best foot forward and it's may not be the content is going out to be, you know, this is going to be the white album or anything, but it's for you. It may be like the most personal in depth thing that you've ever put out to the world. So it's, it can get tough. Like that's, that's one of the challenges that I have when I'm seeing that, like that logic window open. It's like, I know I can do this. And I know it can go in many different ways, but what is the reception for that? And do you ever have any of that? Like, does that thought creep into your mind? Like, what is the reception for this um, on your own personal stuff or just in projects in general? A hundred percent all the time, always. Like no no matter how um, honestly or innocently you set out to just like write music, 
for me at least, there's always like, all right, who's who's going to buy this? Who can I sell this to? Like the gears are always turning to try and, you know, not because this is what I do. This is my job. How can I monetize my output? You know right. what I mean? And be valuable for all the time right. you're putting in. Yeah. And so that's, um, I feel like that is the biggest pitfall of turning, you know, a creative field that you, that you love to do. Like I love writing music and listening to music and everything musical. But as soon as you make that step to turn, a creative expression into a money-making thing, mm-hmm. then it's like, it's all this, you know, pressure, ego stuff of like, oh man, who's going to buy this? Is anybody going to like it? And if they do, you feel great. And if they don't, then you feel miserable. You know, it's kind of just that, I don't know, struggle of, of being a creative person, but you're also economically driven. You right, know what I right, mean? right. And it's like, just because you were successful on one thing doesn't mean it's going to be leading to the success. Right. And you know, that, that could be kind of difficult when you're trying to sell that as it, like, that's your entity because, oh, you wrote a Grammy winning jingle for Cocoa Pebbles, the last one, <laughs> but now you can't even win the Canadian awards right. uh, for this Fruity Pebbles one. Right. And so like, it's gotta be tough to think about that. Like not, it's, how do you get over that sometimes when you're trying to, you know, balance like what you think is good versus what someone else thinks is good. It's a, it's all subjective, right? Right. Yeah. And it's definitely like, I would say for me personally, that is, that is the hardest part, you know, like I got very lucky early on, like, um, not too far into doing music full time and freelancing. Like I got some big work, uh, name drop zone, um, like Captain America Winter Soldier had some work in that trailer um and then there was a a dry spot after that after like I got a check from Disney you know what I mean like I just negotiated with Disney I'm the best and then there was like a little bit of a dry spell and then I got one for the Martian ad campaign and it's just like you know this roller coaster of you can be top of the world and then the next day like yeah no still nobody wants to hire you like you know did I just get lucky is it am I actually good you know there's all of those things that are constantly I feel like for everybody for probably most jobs like right those things that are nagging at you the self-doubt and and all that stuff um but it's, so, it's yeah, a little constantly. it's a little different because at this point in time you're your own you're your own boss you're doing right. this for full time like you get one of those you think that automatically something else is going to come from it um, which may not be the case. Like you're building your resume. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting place to be. So the question that I have for you is like, how did you get started uh, with your career in the music industry, knowing that you were like, this is like, I'm making this as a professional. Like you said, yeah. like, not everybody can just submit to get, you know, their stuff in Captain yeah. America. Yeah. Like you had to be at a point where it was, um, that you felt confident enough to take and make work that got to a point that you felt even more confident enough to take and submit there. So yeah. like, how did that journey like come from this guy playing uh blink One Eighty Two based songs <laughs> up in Wisconsin yeah, yeah. Uh, to actually doing this? Yeah. And I feel like it was a lot of, uh, I mean, starting out just the amount of kind of cocky bravado, you know what I mean? Like, just like I, one of my dearest friends was working in LA uh, and he kind of hated his job there, but he was working in the movie trailer industry. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to move back to Chicago. So he moved in 
and like we started doing stuff together and just kind of like we didn't think about like oh you should probably have a job before you move back you sh- we should probably like think about this a little yeah, bit like we kind of just jumped right into it like and it was i feel like me starting when i did you know like right out of college basically like you need to do something because that's right. what you're supposed to do um is like get a job or whatever and so i just kind of <laughs> just plowed forward and hope for the best, you, you know, and it just did it. Yeah. And, and I wish that I had more poignant advice, but it was basically like, I always kind of just from college or, um, you know, emailing random people that you admire and asking like, Hey, can I buy you a beer? Can I buy you a coffee? Sure. Like stuff like that has led me to more work. Like most of the work that I do now is for this guy I met in Nashville that I just like sent him an email and was sure. like, Hey, let's, meet up for a coffee because I like what you do and whatever. So I don't know. It's just a a combination of um, cockiness, uh, but then also like perseverance. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it sounds really, um, I don't know, like remember the Titans or something, you know, like it's, it's just just dropping Disney references. (laughs) I'm I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) Validate me. Um, no, but I don't know. Like it, it was kind of just one of those things where everything just kept, I just kept falling forward. You know, sure, like it was sure. never, I was never climbing anything. I was never on top of the mountain and, and earned it. I just like kind of kept falling into these things and doing my best at the things that I fell into. And then, you know, just kept, kept it going. Yeah. You know? I kept on snowballing. So right. like in those early days when it was, uh, you were just starting out before you got stuff, what was like a typical, what was like a typical day? Um, in like the, the work process in the beat laboratory. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the reason I ask this is I, cause I want to take in, uh, try to get people to understand, like they hear these songs and they hear these things on the radio, but they don't understand the hours that go into actually like putting these right. together. And right. The, that's part of the creative process that people don't take for, or people that people do take, do for take granted. for granted. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, what I did starting out and what I do now is very similar. You know, I'm, uh, I'm definitely a creature of habit and ritual where like, I like to, you know, get up as early as I can, you know, have my cup of coffee, relax, whatever. And then I just sit in my computer. And if you don't have a contract to work on, work on something. If you don't know what to work on, watch a tutorial until you're inspired to work on something, you know? So that like starting out, that was what I did. Like I had one big contract that was, you know, paying me pretty well. And other than that, it was like, Oh, you know, there's a, there's a chip, chiptune game like a 8-bit game on kickstarter that i want to do the music for i'll just email them and see if they have anything and work on writing chiptunes until you know sure, like i kind of sure. just kept being inspired by things and just sitting down and working and and even if i wasn't working on anything in particular just working on learning working on getting better um and now it's now i feel like i've kind of flip-flopped we're now like beginning i was getting paid. I had pretty steady money coming in. So I was, you know, more kind of adventurous and and hungry to do all these, um, artsy inspirational things where now it's like, all right, if I have a day, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write music that I can, like, I'm going to try and write a song I can sell to somebody. Right. You know, so it's, it, the, the worm has turned and turned from like a, you know, a purely kind of, um, just charging forward, hoping for the best. And now it's like every, everything that I do is kind of a very deliberate, like, you know, I have this, I have this free day. I could play video games all day. Inspiration. Right. Research right. and inspiration. Yeah. It's like a tax write off. Sure. You know? sure. <laughs> you just, yeah. uh, 
buy an Xbox for research. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now it's, it's very much like if I don't sit at my computer and just like, you know, record some guitar or work on drums or building some synth patches or something like I feel super guilty if I, if I don't like, right. You know, I, I feel like I let my computer down and it's lonely and I need to go talk to it for a while. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. The The next question that I have kind of comes on that, like you, you highlighted, um, you hit it like right on the head a little bit with you feel guilty taking a day off. Right. Um, how did it change for you or not necessarily when did it change, but how did it change for you where um, like music became like everybody wants to get paid to do what they love. Right. And I, the millions of people who go play guitar or music for free, right. uh, and like they do that as an escape and an escapism and a way to get out of whatever they're doing. But if that's your career, how do you take in balance that? Like, does like you have to find some sort of pleasure in doing this stuff still? Like, how does that yeah. work when you like? Okay, I'm gonna shut off and do you just noodle around on stuff anymore, or do you, has it the focus shifted? Yeah, and that's kind of the the eternal struggle for me at least is like I I try to give myself time like I had a contract that ended you know a couple weeks ago and so I gave myself like you know two weeks in between contracts you know sure sure and it's luckily I'm in a in a spot where I have the luxury of doing that you know but like um I I try and give myself time to just write for fun and just like you know, try and find the the child inside me and yeah, that like, loves music. You know what I mean? But write a Baywatch cover tune, like of the theme song. Yeah, why uh, not? I actually have to go home right now and do exactly. Yeah, Beverly um, Hills nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Like it's it's. Um, I think that is the thing that I struggle the most with is just like when you turn something you love into the thing that you do for work. How do you hold on to what you loved about it? Right, exactly. because you you become more critical of your own work because you're trying to sell it to people then it's their job to be critical of your right. work you know what i mean like a music supervisor i want him to hear all my music but all he does all day is listen to music he or she does all they do all day is listen to music so it's like how do i set myself apart how do like what should i be learning to make myself better that would impress these people you know like it, it's um i don't know all of those all of those stupid things it, it, just, it's interesting because i have that too with like you know, my music stuff, it's like, it's something that I want to take and make professionally, but it's also like, if I take if you take and make something more professional, then you do take away that luster of like, it is something that is like, oh, it was a hobby. It was an escapism. Right. Um, so just because you love music and you want to have a career in it, it changes once you're getting paid to do it a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, at least it did for me, you know, and now it's, um, I feel like there was definitely like when, when I was down in Nashville and you know, there was, there was a couple of years where like, that is all I thought about was like, okay, how can I make more money doing this? How can I get more contracts? How can I find more work? Like all of those, all of those things that were basically just fueled by not myself trying to get better at my art, but just like, how can I just make more money? You know, how can I, you know, sell more music? How can more people hear me? Like, you know, whatever. And I feel like now I'm, I'm calming down a little bit and just being like, you know, there's the music that I do or the music that I like to do is still, you know, like I'm, I'm not a master at anything. Like there's sure. still room to grow. There's still 
spots to explore that I haven't and just kind of, I don't know, zeroing in on something that I want to learn and learning it for the sake of learning it. You know yeah, absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like learning how to play like a full on Spanish version of Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that. Or, I mean, uh, maybe a Spanish version of the Baywatch theme. Okay. See. And see that right there. Like, well, there's a couple hours. Right. Of yeah. just pure bliss. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that gets you reengaged into right, it. Right. Yeah. That gets you reengaged into it. That's awesome. So you talked about this, like, from what I've heard from everything, it's been hustle. And so, like, you've had to, like, persevere, and no one's going to give it to you. The music industry of, like, everybody wants to take it. A bunch of jerks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody wants to be into it. There's a lot of people doing it. Right. So it's like, oh, we can just flatline and not pay anybody anything. But, it's very disproportionate about the pay scales yeah. and different things with that, but you can make a living off of it and you could do it by other routes other than touring. But I think the, the question that I have is like, as an entrepreneur in this space, you know, the big SAT word, uh, <laughs> it's a capital E, yeah. it's a capital E. Uh, what is it like to be your own boss in the music space? Like, what is it like to be? And like, when I say your own boss, like, I think we should reiterate what your main focus and objective is as a, um, as an entrepreneur in the space. Like you focus on composing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, um, that is definitely what I want to do and want to do more of recently. It's been a lot of sound design and, and helping build like software instruments and stuff, which is, which is fun and like building, uh, like, I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not writing a song. I'm creating something so that somebody else can write a song with it. And like, that is, that's a whole separate way of thinking that like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around, but as far as like the, the hustle and the being my own boss in the music space and stuff, like it's, it's basically, I mean, it's everything that you would assume that it is like, it is great and it's awesome and it's the worst, right? <laughs> right. you know, like it's, it's definitely a roller coaster of, you know, when you're your own boss, all your victories are yours, but every time something sucks, it's, you know, it's your fault or it's directly affecting you. Like it's not, um, you know, some boss it's saying not, you have to work Saturday or something. You know what I mean? It's like it's not Ned and payroll thing. Like you have to, <laughs> right. Right. Freaking Ned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like it's, uh, it's really great. I get to make all my own sandwiches. I get to pet my dog a lot. Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, like it is just a matter of if you, if you work from home, you have to work, you yes, know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, and that's the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is like, if you, if you are going to be your own boss, you are also your own employee. So you got to make yourself work. You know, you have to sit down and do the work. And if you do it and it sucks, you got to do it again. You know, like it's kind of just, um, holding yourself accountable, not only for the things you think you did well, but the things that are objectively terrible. Right. You know? Right. So like this song sucks right. because you cut 45 seconds off of a 50 second song. Right. Just five seconds right. left. Of, of, yeah. And I have a, I've had to do that before. Um, I had to cut a five minute song down to 45 seconds so it could be used in a show. And like, there are things like that that are just like, um, like, I don't know. Like it's, uh, when you are inspired by something and you kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to write music and who cares how long it is. And then somebody's right. like, Oh yeah. Could you cut this down a little bit so I can pay you for it? You yeah. Know? Like 
Um, so I don't know. I, f- I feel like being being my own boss is definitely it has all of all of the ups of being a boss, and then all of the the lows of of being an employee. Sure, and all the pitfalls of the interaction between the two. You know, it's it's um. It's fun and exciting, but it's terrifying. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's just as scary as it is awesome. Right? You know, the one of the questions that I, as a follow up, that I can think of with that is uh, the natural progression of being your own boss and taking and doing this stuff. I'm assuming that everybody that you work with pays you on time, 100. Uh, it's never a question about that. It's never. Um, you're never having to challenges to balance uh, cash flow and right. income and coming there. Right. And I'm being completely facetious right now on there. <laughs> so, um, like we talk about it as freelance developers and developers in general, and there's all these different. There's people that freelance in different sectors across any different like genre, yeah, yeah, yeah. career space, whatever. Um, that share this similar process of like, okay, you have to take if you're selling something. You have to collect on it. Like, how do you take in? Um, what has been some of like the advice that you've seen in your endeavors trying to do that from a musical standpoint? Um, like, what are some things that you've pre- used to pr- protect yourself um, from that? Because right. in your industry, in the music industry, a lot of it is done, especially on spec, and it's paid on the back end. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's something that you need to consider if you're trying to take and become a composer and musician. What that actually means to cash flow. So right. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, always have a contract. Always. Even if it's, you know, you're getting paid 200 bucks or something, like write up a contract and make them sign it. Uh, and be very clear, like, hey, I'm doing this for you, but, you know, that doesn't mean you own the rights to the song unless you want them, and then you have to pay me more. Like, it's definitely, uh, the business side of things is definitely a part that I hate because it's, you know, you have to watch out for yourself. Um, and it's, I, luckily I have, I have been very fortunate where I have not, I've not worked for anybody that has clearly tried to rip me off, you know, and, and most of the people that I work for now I've, I've worked for before. So we have like a good, you know, a good relationship, but yeah, I mean, starting out when I was just hungry and collecting all of the jobs that I could, um, always, always having a contract and just like, I have. I have things that I'm working on now, or I should say, quote, working on that, like, I've been a part of for six years because, like, I right sure, out of college, absolutely. I was just like, oh, they're going to pay royalties and all I have to do is write some music. Like, great, I'm going to get on that. But, like, you know, the game never got done or the movie never got made or whatever. So it's kind of just like my work is sitting out there. And, like, I've had to revisit some of those, some of those old clients and just be like, listen, if you're not going to use it, I'm going to use it someplace else, you know, like, right. Absolutely. So I don't know. I think it's, um, definitely a challenge. Like I, you know, copywriting your music and all that stuff is a whole, is a whole process. And like, I don't know. It is definitely, I mean, music business is an industry, like huge industry of itself, like knowing all the ins and outs of all of those things. And me being a guy that wants to write the music, you know, I, I learn as much as I can about, the business side of things and contracts and the legal side and, and all that, but it's, it's, uh, it's fast. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And there are, there are people that are experts in just tiny facets of a thing that 
as a freelance guy, you're supposed to know or else you'll get burned. And luckily I have, have not gotten burned, but there are definitely people that, uh, that have, you know, that yeah. write a bunch of music for a game and then, you know, oh, either the check's coming or, you know, they just, oh, we don't think we're going to use you, but then they'll use the music anyway because you wrote the music on spec, so they kind of own it. You know, like all this stupid, uh, stupid stuff happens to people because uh, lots of times clients are jerks. It can happen, but yeah. sometimes they're amazing and you right. get a lot of repeat business. I want to take and give that side of things. It's like the ones that you take and can produce uh, substantial qual- quality work for will come back at right. some points if they have the opportunity to come back. Yeah, and I feel like um, starting out, I definitely treated it more like, um, you know, like I was a guy looking for work, you know, where now I feel like, and I've had more luck and I've gotten more jobs just being like, oh, hey, you know, I I like what you do. Like, that's really cool. You want to just like, talk, you know, like become friends first, right? One of my... One of my really good friends says, you know, if you call it networking, you're doing it wrong. You know, like you, you're just doing it. You're out there to, to make friends. And right. if you, and if you can work on something together, you know, great. So over the past couple of years, I've, I've tried to adopt that attitude as much as I can of just like, you know, if there's somebody and I like what they do, I will tell them that. And, you know, maybe it'll turn into a working relationship. And if it doesn't, you know, at least I've, you know, made a friend out of it. Hopefully. Absolutely. It's always weird. Like in the startup community, you say like people going for VC funding or just Mm -hmm. funding in general. If you ask for money, you get advice. If you ask for (laughs) advice, you literally get money. Like it's, it's, it's a weird paradigm. I'm not saying that that's tried and true and tested like every single time, but that's, I mean, it's a, it's a benchmark, you know, it's a fairly good benchmark of like, if you, if you go out trying to, you know, scout out jobs, people are going to see through that immediately. Right. right like absolutely. if you're just like, Oh, you're a game studio, hire me, you know, they're immediately going to, you know, put your email in the, in the garbage can and just be like, I get hundreds of those a month. You know, yeah. like I don't, I've got this magic new song. Do, 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 uh, not copyrighted for it. That was just a humming of that. Oh yeah. That was, um, you took you took an extra rest in right. there. Yeah. Da 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 da. Right. Right. Yeah. So with like getting a contract and stuff like that, how did you go about it? Did you hire an attorney first off? Like is it something that you can do on spec with an attorney, like where you just do something? Do you have somebody on? Like, is that something that you would recommend uh Marty Day One to do? Like <laughs> uh, I got a contract for this, like straight up off the ground. Or right. is it like how does that going to play um i have never gotten an attorney probably should at some point for like bigger contracts and stuff but um like i said like most of the people that i work with now i've worked with before or like um yeah i don't know i've never really had to worry about it but at the same time you should probably worry about it like just because i've gotten lucky and haven't had anything weird happen to me doesn't mean that you won't but I mean, homeowners insurance, health insurance, right. renters insurance, you hopefully never have to use any of them, but right. it's good to have yeah. an, an attorney in that kind of like whenever you're d- dealing with IP, intellectual property is probably a good thing to do like rights, especially with a, and we could probably drone on for hours about copyright and how um, it's not changed and it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, may or may not be. It's debatable as if it's still effective in the digital era, considering 
I mean, we could talk about that for right. hours. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, and I mean, even just to get, like there are services that all that they do is, you know, if you write music and it's used in a commercial or in a show or something, if that commercial airs in Germany or South Korea or whatever, there aren't a lot of things that you can do to kind of track that money down. So there are companies that that's all they do is right. like international copyright law, you know, and it's just like, or international like licensing stuff. Like it's uh Nuts, and I uh, I can't pretend to understand it all, but I'm just uh, kind of feeling my way through it, hoping yeah. for the best. It's good though, it's good. Um, so what are some of the projects you've been working on as of late? Anything uh, exciting uh, that we've uh, heard or shall be hearing? Ooh, or shall be hearing? Um, recently, a lot of it has been sound design work um, for some some sound libraries. Uh, so those, unless you our person that looks at sound libraries, you probably won't. Which I am. Well, then, do I have a mobile game sound pack for you, buddy? Beep, beep, boom. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, like I kind of mentioned before, I've, I've been doing a lot. My last two contracts have been doing sound design for um, like software instruments. So instead of me writing a song, I'm then making a tool for somebody else to use so that they can write a song, which has been just a crazy different way of thinking about things. Yeah, talk about that process. So how like so instead of writing an actual piece of like end work, right? right? A song. So what is it what is the process going into to write a tool for something that somebody's going to then use? Like you can't like assume that they're going to use it in the way that you want it that to you be. want them to. Yeah. Yeah, and luckily I have uh I I haven't had any any of like the software uh, design or like coding or any of that stuff, but even just being on the sound design side, like it's, it's my job to make a sound. Let's say it's a, a bell or like sure. whatever. And then you record that bell, you know, on notes across the keyboard and you map it out and you put it into the software so that people then when they're playing the piano are playing your bell sound and it's all, you know, they're playing a low C it's they're hearing a low it's C. Something like that. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that has been basically like, you're not trying to write, music you're not trying to do anything musical you're just trying to make really interesting sounds that then can be playable which has been really fun just from a you know i get to play with synths and i get to just like come up with weird noises which has been a a really rewarding experience of just like you know if it sounds good (laughs) go nuts yeah would you ever dog food your own sound library in creative work going forward where you would like use it to take and build stuff off of it. It's very meta. This, right. This is this is the <laughs> part of inception. We're in deep. Yeah. This is the part of inception where we go to the second layer. Right. Okay. So we're the dream within the dream now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I've done um, some movie trailer sound effect libraries, like big booms and whooshes and bumps and like you know all that. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. All that. Mm. <laughs> Less price is right, <laughs> but you're right there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then that, like, I think I've done a thousand of those sound effects. So now if I'm writing a movie trailer or writing a trailer piece of music, I have all of those hits and rises and bwomps to just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to drop that in here. And it'll sound bwomp. good. Yeah. Um, so I do that a lot, you know, and I feel like, I, I'm drawing from not only my experience of the past six years doing this, but also from like my 
my body of work. You know, like if I have a sound that I designed for, I don't know, uh, a game five years ago, and now I need a sound in a movie trailer or something like I'm going to use that thing that I made back there. Right. You know? Unless somebody owns the rights to it and then that's illegal. Yeah. So I won't do it, but. But that's cool. Like you are basically building this toolbox, right? And you're right. filling it with all these tools that you can use in the later future that some people may take in, you know, figure out like, this is what we want to take and have it. Uh, we want to take and put this into a different project. Yeah. Awesome. They'd take that, but you still have that knowledge space of how to take in. Okay. Somebody just bought my Allen wrench. I need to replace it with another one that can be done this right. way. Um, it's really interesting. So it's almost like that's part of like to the, to the point that we were going to go back to where you were talking about like days off, like yeah, the early Marty was like, I'm going to take and work. I'm going to take and learn something. I'm going to take and do something. It's not that you're having an end goal of it's going to be for a song, but you're maybe learning this lesson for building a tool that you'll use down the road. So even those days that are, like you're not getting paid for it. You got to do something. You got to get up right. and do it. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that is the, uh, I mean the ultimate lesson, if you're, uh, if you're going to work from home, if you're going to be a freelance in any field, you, you gotta do the work, you know, even the non glamorous stuff, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. Like I always tell people like, Oh yeah, I write music for vice and MTV and I, I named out the big ones. Right. But Behind those, you also write music for Oh This Podcast, right? Exactly. I don't. I don't tell anybody about that one. You should. I, you know, I, I actually, I do. Yeah. So uh, we're yeah. glad. We're glad to have it as our official theme song. Woo. Um. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like you. Uh, when when you get to a certain point that you like, you have kind of these big names. Like those are the ones you lead with, right? To like start the conversation, and then once, you know, like if I'm working on a. a candy crush video game or whatever like they don't want the same type of music or sounds that i did for the martian trailer or whatever like they don't want those but just having those kind of credentials you know starts the conversation to then be like oh i've also done this mobile game sound library sure sure might like those sounds so i don't know i feel like it's it you're you're building a toolbox and you're building a repertoire and you're building all of these things that i mean it's a it's a snowball cumulative effect but at the same time, you you could get a huge contract, and then the next one you get is a tiny one. You know what I mean? Like, there's no for me at least. Like, there's no. Um, it's a slow build, you right, know. And right. I wish that when going back to you know starting out and stuff, I wish that I would have known that then, or not not always tried to you know Babe Ruth it out of the park. Sure. You know, I wish I would have just been like, all right, this is a slow build, like do do more stuff that just like makes me uh better all around and kind of not think that every contract was going to make or break it and change my right, life you know? right so uh to kind of dovetail and to piggyback on that a little bit um what does career success look like for you as a composer and what do you see like are you going to want to take and compose and lead a symphony or do you want to take and right. do movies what does that look like um, and what's realistic, not necessarily for you, but just in general for like composition, what do people like that are sh- starting out just now, what, are, what should they be looking for? Like a realistic goal? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, for me, I've never, I mean, everybody watches like the Grammys and it's like, I'm going to be up there someday or like the Oscars or whatever. But I, like, I've never really, uh, like when I was in bands in high school, I hated being on stage, right? Like, f- like fame and notoriety and all that is not, not why I'm in it. Um, so for me, it's just like to, to work on stuff that inspires other people the way that the music and the movies that I love have inspired me, right? Like that's kind of the ultimate, uh, the ultimate goal and particularly video games. If I could write all the music for all the video games, I'd be a happy person. Um, Why is that? That's an existential question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's a, I mean, granted I have a, I have a degree in game design and I've I've studied them. So this might be rose, rose colored glasses a little bit, but to me, video games are like the pinnacle of, uh, human beings making art, right? Like they are every art form that human beings have ever had, right? Like it's storytelling, it's visual art, it's programming, it's sound and music made interactive, right? Like right. It, is, it is the ultimate pinnacle uh, and you can play it. And so just the, from a, from a music standpoint, it's, you know, if you watch uh, Godfather, it's always going to be the same every time, right? But if you play, uh, even Mario, right? Like everyone knows the theme song from Mario, but not everyone is going to jump over the first Goomba, right? Like you could, right? The the music you write has to be more fluid and has to be like you know, you could be playing a game and you could burn through it in fifteen minutes, but somebody else might be playing it and they'll just like stand in a corner for 15 minutes. You know what I mean? And like the music to the tunes, right. And the music has to adapt to that and never get stale. And it's kind of just a, um, I like it's, it's an extra challenge on top of writing music. Not that writing music is easy, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a, a different way of thinking about it, I guess, because it's, when you're writing music for a movie, it's you're very deliberate because the story you're telling is the exact same all the time. And when you're writing for a game, you have a little bit more freedom to, or for some games, like... Yeah, you have a little bit more different spaces to go right, explore. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of... Um, and, like, there's there's an art to just, like, implementing how music works, right? Like, going from the main menu to level one has to be a smooth transition. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's just kind of this... Um, Extra interactivity that's uh, real fun. Yeah, and I think that there's an interesting part with that too is like when you're working on a, like a specific thing, you have, there's psychology that comes through um, when you're taking and doing this. Like if you need somebody to go faster, you take a song that's got higher BPM and right. you take and do this. And it's like, okay, you can actually influence people's decisions or behavior based upon what you're trying to do. And I think in the game design, it's interesting because you could false influence certain things and that becomes. Right part of the environment that you're in with the game, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with like when VR comes out and we're fully immersed into it, what sound is. Right. When we all have like. computers in our brains. Yeah. 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 Instead of like actually talking to people, we're v- virtually talking to talking people in the inception, the second dream, <laughs> third dream, yeah. fourth dream. Yeah. We're deep in it now. Yeah. We're but, in like the snow, the snow place. Yeah. In inception. Where we got like seven minutes to seven hours to, Right, and a we van can, is going off a bridge. So it's yeah, it's good movie by the way. Really great movie. Yeah, yeah. Like hard to follow at first. You got to watch it a second time. Yep. But I think that's great. Um, so what advice? You know, this is uh, 
this is the million dollar question. We've talked about early Marty working on those first uh, those first days, and we've talked about getting to work and actually doing it and be a grinder and hustle like build like no one's going to hand it to you. But what right. advice would you give yourself if you're starting your music career today? Um, Besides, get a contract. <laughs> yeah, always write a contract. Um, I think the big one is definitely uh, you know make friends, not network contacts is is a huge one and then also just don't don't forget to like have fun or like right. or like why you're doing it um you know if you if you set out and your goal is to be famous and sell a bunch of music and all that like yeah you might be successful um but i think you'll you'll miss out on kind of just like what makes music so great is right. just like you know the expression in the in the uh, I don't know the beauty of it in the um, journey. Yeah. Right. And so I think like, you know, take baby steps, you know, like get into it and, and don't expect the first project you work on to change your life. And if it does bonus, but like, don't, don't count on, uh, previous accolades to take in determine future outcome. Yeah. That too. Like, don't, um, I don't know. It's always just do it because you love it. Don't do it because you want to, make a living at it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like it's, it's all these kind of cliche little things that, I mean, they're cliche for a reason, I guess. You know what I mean? Like they make right. sense. Um, well, don't quit your day job until you also have something figured out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a lesson we could probably talk about. Unless here. you're really, really good. Yeah. And when you were starting out, like I know from me, it's like, like I was talking about that EP. It's very personal. Um, and I know that there's been a lot of virtual trash bend tracks and concepts and this riff here or this lick here or that lick there. Um, how many of the, like, are you all one hit wonders? Is it one? (laughs) Are you asking me about my trash bin? Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like always like how many times do things get bin before you actually come in and actually get something that's more final? Like how many drafts of things do you go through? It's not easy to take and do it. No one's Jay Z. You can't go into the booth straight up and yeah, yeah, and just yeah. And I um, I mean, it changes because there's definitely like, if if I'm writing music that I'm not good at, it's for the foolish trash can. You know, like if if I'm trying to write like uh, I don't anything like happy, cheery, uh, you know, commercial music. Like I'm just not good at it. And so, you know, all of the tracks that I start end up just becoming practice. Sure. You know, um, but a, a, a habit that I've gotten into recently, and I guess this goes also to the advice that I would tell people starting out or tell myself when I started was try and finish everything. You know, like even if you get halfway through or you work on something for four hours and it sucks, like I think if you have 20 seconds that you're happy with and you want the song to be, you know, a three and a half minute track, like just get it to three and a half minutes. Like just, even if you're looping things a whole bunch of times, like just get it, get it done. Right. Fill all the requirements that you set out to fulfill. And I feel like once you're, once you get used to working through kind of those, those roadblocks of like, you know, those uninspired moments or those frustrated musical moments, um, you, you might, make something that you wouldn't have if it would have went totally smoothly, you know what I mean? Or if, or you might not make what you set out to make, but you'll still have something that, uh, moves the airwaves. You know what I mean? 
that somebody might like, and you think it's you know complete a pile uh, of trash, hogwash, right. and it's you know some somebody was ex- exactly looking for that. So someone was looking for that hogwash. Yeah, hogwash games right there. Mm-hmm. Is, wow, new company. Oh, boom, pull it out of the sky there. So, <laughs> um, gosh, this has been awesome. I think it's been great to just like explore the different sides of things and understand that. It's a business. Like you have to take and you have to take and do the work. You have to take and be creative as well. There's yeah. a process involved. Um, yeah, and I feel like I, I kind of made things pretty pessimistic. I feel like I was sort of doom and gloomy. And uh, um, I don't think know. it is. I don't think yeah. it's as doom and gloomy as you think right. because I think uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, and I do have a lot of fun doing it. And I feel like if you if you work at it and you uh, just keep grinding, keep hustling at it. Something will happen. And even if that something is just you were better than you were <laughs> the day before, like it's, uh, I don't know, to to not measure progress in contracts, but to measure it in like you getting better or like right. whatever you're setting out to learn or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Let's uh, do it again, Patrick. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll talk yeah. about our favorite uh, stuff in the future. More. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, more in depth about like gear heads and stuff or. I don't oh, know. yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, gear or just like the process of, you know, in a few months, if this all changes in terms of contracts or whatnot, uh, or if you're the next Kanye. That would be neat. That would uh, be neat. I, uh, I would, I would still that. come back, though. Oh, I, okay. Don't good. forget where you came from. Okay. You know? Awesome. Um, like I love to do with anybody that joins me, uh, on the show is I want to give you a couple minutes to just like spout off and say whatever you'd like. For, oh, good Lord. Yeah. I feel like that's what I've been doing for an hour. No, but this is, this is free form. If you want to call me uh, a dodo head, you can do that for a few minutes. Like I would uh, never do that. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Free form. Well, how do people get in touch with you first off? Oh like, yeah. That's, that's a good thing. Um, so I do, I have a website. On the interwebs? On the internet. I am uh, I am viral. I, I have a virus. You have a... Yeah, I'm not going with I, that. Uh, a bad metaphor. I, uh, martinminers.com. M-A-R-T-I-N-M-E-I-N-E-R-Z. We will link to the... Dot com. Yep. Thank you, Patrick. Um, I'm on SoundCloud under Marty Miners. Um, Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the internet, you know, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm out there. Um, people want to work with you. What, what, what should they do? I mean, go to my website. You can email me from there. I like to work on a whole bunch of stuff. Um, a whole bunch of different stuff. So really any, anything, you know, I, uh, and I think that's another good nugget is just like, if you want to be a game composer, don't just work on video games. You know what I mean? Right, like just right. get a bunch of different stuff, uh, work on your chops, you know, I've edited audiobooks for like 12 hours a day <laughs> and it's miserable, but it's something that now if somebody hires me to record dialogue, I know what I'm doing. You right, know, it's, right. um, yeah, work on a bunch of different stuff. And if you want me to work on whatever you're making, find me on the internet. Ooh, you got that movie, that movie voice right yeah. there. Yeah. In a land where Marty takes and <laughs> edits your sound. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Awesome. Well, uh, if you, unless you got anything else you want to add to this, uh, we're gonna we're gonna close this out. You know, finish up our beers and uh, we can have beers on the radio. It's okay because we're on the internet. Because we're on the internet. Yeah. yeah. So um, I hope this was a treat for anybody who's listening to the oh the, uh, the opinionated stance podcast. If you haven't done so, also flip over and listen to uh, Marty's work on 
my other podcast, which is Ooh. Oh This Podcast, which also has beer involved. It might be a bad habit. It's coming right here. <laughs> yeah, we need to have an intervention podcast. Yeah, the intervention podcast. Yeah. But again, thank you for joining us uh, here in the studio, in the lovely Chicago studio. Uh, oh, thank yeah. you again for listening to the show, everybody. Uh, this was episode 19 of the Opinionated Stance podcast. If you haven't done so and you are here for the first time, I think Marty would like you to also, along with going to his website, go to theopinionatedstance.com. Absolutely. Before you go to my website, right? go to that one. Because you can go to it from there. We'll have a little linkage there. But also he wants to, wants to tell you that we are on the Twitter. We don't have fail whales, but follow us over there. Follow us on the Facebook. Subscribe. Give some reviews on iTunes and Google Play. Also subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, things I'm a really just a moron and want to tell me about it, just reach out on the internet. And I always love hearing feedback from our listeners. Um, but until next time, thank you. Cheers. We are out. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.